Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition, a very special edition in the octave of Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Father Travis, it's good to be with you. Father Shane, Merry Christmas. It's good to be with you too. Yeah, it's great to have this joyous celebration, a great season. Hope everyone all of our, among all of our listeners has had a, a good celebration. Um, first Christmas as a priest. You're right. Pretty spectacular. Yeah. Great absolutely. way to celebrate the incarnation. It, yeah, absolutely. Praise God for it. Uh, it's funny that we're finally celebrating Christmas. I was talking to one of our brother priests and during the kind of like early days of the pandemic stuff, uh, apparently on one of the music streaming services, they just like randomly i think it was in july released like a christmas album because they thought like everything else is falling apart we might as well just listen to christmas music sure um, so finally it's here though so for those who are who are listening in july finally they can celebrate now <laughs> the 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 priest made the argument that he listens to like requiem masses and other types of liturgical music throughout the year mm-hmm. so he just happens to like that type of music it had nothing to do with uh listening to it then so he was making the argument he can listen to it in november and he's not breaking the rules um, well you know listening to it too early uh when I was young, growing up, Briarcliff University in Sioux City, mm-hmm. Franciscan Catholic University. The Cliff. The Cliff. Uh, some of our listeners might be aware of this, but back in the day, um, they would do a Christmas in July concert. Really? Yeah. Oh. And the reason for that is, you know, if you're in music, there is so much sacred music written about Christmas carols, sure. Christmas themes. You can't possibly do it all. Right. In, you know, like one Lessons and Carols event or one Christmas concert. Mm-hmm. So in order to just kind of keep uh, taking advantage of the repertoire, they did a Christmas in July concert every year. Wow. Well, it's not July. It is not. Um, it no. is actually the octave of Christmas. It is, which most people might not know about, right? Mm-hmm. So Christmas actually extends. Christmas and Easter are both these two beautiful feasts where they extend eight days. And you don't really feel it unless you go to Mass and you realize that you kind of celebrate it as if the day is eight days long. Right. You continue to use some of the same text from the mass or from the liturgy of the hours and the prayers and things like that so when you wake up it's sort of like groundhog's day a little bit where it's christmas again and again and again which is exciting right um because there's so much lead up uh to christmas uh, so much lead up with advent there's so much preparation people have you know you see it all over the stores and stuff and then christmas is here and it, and it goes by so quickly mm-hmm. maybe the stores are moved on already to i don't know the next valentine's day, day. right next Halloween, who knows? The next commercialized thing. Yep. Um, But it's great that it's like you get to unpack this incredible feast of the Lord's birth Mm -hmm. for a whole week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the whole season, but especially right now in this week. Mm -hmm. And I trust that we have a number of listeners out there who are rejoicing. And they they have prepared well in the, uh, the Advent season, and they're continuing to rejoice with the universal church that the Lord has truly come. Mm-hmm. And uh, in his in his presence, in his nearness, we all rejoice that the Messiah did arrive, and that ultimately, as Advent pointed out, he will come again. But we know that he has been here in our midst, and we celebrate that that he is so close to actually take on our human flesh. Right. But we also can recognize Father Travis in this outcast Catholic you know episode that for some of our listeners, Christmas might have been a little difficult, right? You know, if they feel like they're an outcast in their family among mm-hmm. their friends. Um, 
yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so maybe some of them didn't know, like, should I go to church? Should I not? Am I going to mm-hmm. infect grandma if I go to church? Things like that. But I think we have a number of uh, faithful Catholics out there, particularly young adults, who are who are wondering, where is all the joy that I'm supposed to experience? Yes. You know, where is all the joy that maybe I was just surrounded with very commercialized mm-hmm. or secular thinking family members and friends on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? And perhaps I didn't have anyone to go to Mass with me. Right. Perhaps no one really wanted to sing a Christmas carol as opposed to singing about reindeer at yeah. home. Mm-hmm. Perhaps no one wanted to do any um, sort of prayers before our Christmas Day dinner or mm-hmm. uh, any sort of devotions about the, the mystery of the nativity at home. And maybe some of them felt very isolated, even from their own loved ones. Right. Yeah, it's it's tough when these these beautiful traditions that grew out of Christianity, obviously Christmas means Christ's Mass. It's mm-hmm. about Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And you see the nice little uh, bumper magnets that say, keep Christ in Christmas. Right. It's really great. Um <laughs> But they do, those traditions can feel kind of hollow when they've just become secular. Mm-hmm. When it really is just about lights for the sake of cool lights that are synchronized with the radio station. Those are pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But uh, those in like opening presents and that's it. And it's, you're still supposed to do it around this time of the year because it's the right time. But eh, you can do it before, you can do it during, you know, around Thanksgiving time. That's fine. But then, yeah, when you get to this feast that we're celebrating in the church and you want it to really... Re- kind of resonate in your life and you want these beautiful lights you see and these nativity scenes you see around to really raise your mind and your heart to the the reality that's happening it's hard and it's a little hollow when it's just an exchange of of gifts and some decorations yeah yeah my heart and my thoughts really go out to all of those outcast catholics out there who feel like i wanted to celebrate the feast mm-hmm I want to uh, kind of rejoice with the Universal's Church that Jesus truly is in our midst. Mm-hmm. And I'm surrounded with loved ones who basically celebrated Winterfest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and exactly. Not, not, that, not that everybody out there, you know, is just belonging to family members of pagans. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, we have people with you know who are druids in our families <laughs> celebrating the winter solstice right. with some sort of sacrifice on a, on a stone out there. Right, right. But you know, nevertheless, there might be um, there might be people out there who say, "I'm trying to go deeper in my faith. I'm mm-hmm. trying to connect. I'm trying to find find my foundations, and I actually want to stay rooted in the family traditions that have been passed down for generations among my Catholics and my family." Right. And yet, I see some of my family members celebrating kind of a winter fest with an exchange of gifts and peppermint mocha cappuccinos right. or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, festivities. Mm-hmm but not necessarily uh, an expression of faith. Right. Yeah, and it's it's hard, too, because uh, I, I know in, in my experience, a lot of friends, myself, sometimes when you get together with certain family members, it does bring up a lot of anxiety because, you know, mm-hmm. arguments might come about. It might be the one or two or three times you really all get together. Um, and who knows if that kind of happened this year or not with all the different kind of concerns and restrictions. But even when that does even thinking ahead to that time of there's a lot of preparation. There's, you know, somebody's going to get ticked off if the deviled eggs aren't prepared correctly or sure. the, the ham is in a certain <laughs> way, whatever. And you, you're kind of expecting the, the uncle who's going to have the political conversation that's going to rev everybody up. It's going to rev up the cousin who's, you know, mm-hmm. a, a little bit more liberal or conservative than, the, than his grandparents or, or vice versa. Um, and that can just be a time of anxiety rather than a time of rejoicing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, not that not that Christians who celebrate this this time of feasting and the Lord's birth are are exempt from that, 
but it can actually lift our minds above something than deviled eggs. Deviled eggs are incredible. Don't get me wrong, but it can, it can be so focused on, okay, we have to get together and we have this idea sometimes that family time around the holidays has to be perfect. Right. And when it's not, then it's even, even worse because we had this great expectation of what it should be. Right. Um, but I think for a lot of people who are feeling outcast within their own families, this can be a particularly different, difficult time where you're coming together with family members who might've left the faith, family members who might look down on you for being too Catholic. Mm-hmm. If you had to be that member of the family that didn't attend that particular wedding of a cousin who got married on a beach outside of the church or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, have the stigma of being the crazy Catholics or right. maybe you homeschool your family um, instead of sending them to a school or something, or especially in this year of pandemic and things like that. So just to sort of verify the reality that, you know, that is a struggle mm-hmm. um, living in that, in that, situation maybe sometimes it's easier to stay within the group of friends that you have that think and feel the same way as you in the faith um but it might be a lot harder to come back with your family who know you uh, and who know the buttons to push um and yeah that can just be difficult oh very difficult um and yet also there's opportunity right yeah there is opportunity in that difficulty um to say that i want to stay true to my faith um but there's an opportunity, I think, first of all, in faith to say, I can celebrate Christmas and I don't, my family and I we don't have to look like a Courier and Ives postcard. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We don't have to look like the yeah. ideal kind of picturesque Norman Rockwell yeah. photo that, you know, well, we all kind of have children dreaming of sugar plums at night right. and we all, you know, circle with mom the- and her kerchief and I and my cap, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we have to always remind ourselves of of the Holy Family. Yeah. I mean, they were hardly the ideal on Christmas night. Yeah, you know, sleeping out in a stable, uh, feeling like outcasts themselves. You right. know, so in faith, I think we can remind ourselves that Christmas does not have to look idyllic. Mm-hmm. All right, celebrating the arrival of the Lord in a very messy, sinful world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus didn't come and expect us to kind of look perfect for Him. Right. And if the ham was slightly overcooked, or if the turkey was dry, or if, you know, grandchildren didn't like, you know, toys, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there are, there are. God still became man and still saved us from our sins. Right. So praise God. And, and there's an opportunity in there to kind of find freedom mm. in the faith to say, I don't have to be bound to this secular standard of the perfect Christmas celebration. Right. But instead, I can have the freedom to just be with the Lord and he can enter into the messiness of my family life because that's why he came in the first place, right. to enter into the messiness of this world. Right. So with, with that opportunity, there, there's just the chance to go deeper in faith. But then there's the opportunity to also evangelize. Right. And, you know, Father, I'm sure you could speak to this. There's, there's probably some very subtle ways mm-hmm. that we could even give witness to our faith, even in the midst of the challenge, even in the midst of the difficulty, or feeling alone in our faith. Right. I think one big thing is, and this can sound kind of cliche a little bit, positivity can be such an important reality. Um, It sounds a little cliche sometimes because it's just like good vibes only, just be positive or something. But the evil one loves to do his work in a place of resentment in our heart. Mm -hmm. And that comes up so clearly when we get back together with our family members who've hurt us, who we've hurt, again, like who know how to push our buttons or know who we are. And, And we might be virtuous when we're with our friends or when we're trying to raise our families and then we get back with our our siblings or our cousins or aunt and uncle grandparents whoever it is and some of the worst parts of ourselves come out um around those people Mm -hmm. um but like asking for the grace of the holy spirit before you actually come to one of those family events 
that can be huge because you're actually allowing the Lord to be present in the midst of it instead of you just trying really hard not to get ticked off at somebody and, mm-hmm. and you know blow up or tick somebody else off. So just going in with the grace of the Holy Spirit and and sort of like dwell like dwelling on the fact that I'm, we're coming together to celebrate the Lord's birth, even mm-hmm. if that's not why everybody's coming here. That's the reason that we chose this day. That's what's happening. Right. And the Lord has particular grace for that. That can be the first thing, right? If you're coming in and you've already prayed and prepared in your own heart, um, asking the Holy Spirit's presence, mm-hmm. that can already be a huge, a huge point. But I think to like persevering in the faith, even if your family members have, have kind of left it or if you feel outcast in the midst of it, because there is a reality of a silent witness that even if you don't feel it, is still present, right? Mm-hmm. If your family members know that you are a convicted, convinced Catholic who's who's steadfast in your faith and you went to Mass even if some other people didn't or you've been going to Mass on Sundays, even if others have been taking kind of the easy way out and just and just watching it online or, or not at all, mm-hmm. um, or if you're trying to live to the teachings of the church when other family members aren't, that silent witness is still present. It doesn't always have to be um, kind of hitting things over the head, Um as, ag- as aggressively or something. Right. I wonder how many graces would flow if faithful Catholics walked into their family gatherings and as they were kind of walking up the driveway to enter into the house, they just said a quiet little prayer to themselves that's saying, Lord, this gathering, while maybe not cognizantly aware in the minds of everyone here, mm-hmm. is about your birth. Right. We are celebrating your arrival into time and, and into history. And so, Lord, I offer you this, sacrif- this this celebration. I offer you this sacrifice of my time, even if it's going to grate on me because, you know, crazy uncle is going to, you know, upset me or whatever. <laughs> right. I offer you this, and I want you to uh, to sanctify this time. Right. And even if even if it falls apart, and even if Aunt Sally and Aunt Susie are are bickering at each other, right. this day is still about about you. And so we offer it as a praise, and we ask you to sanctify this time, and may your graces flow somehow through this. Right. What if every family member, or what if every family had a member who who made that prayer right. to themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, how the Lord could would be invited to anoint that situation, right? Yeah, it just reminds me of the creed we pray every Sunday that we believe in all things visible and and invisible, and that yeah, that invisible reality of prayer can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Then it seems like the next step too is to. Not go in with some agenda like I will, you know, convert the atheist nephew who's right. who's recently, you know, <laughs> uh, stopped going to church or who didn't come to Christmas Eve mass or something like that. But rather knowing that there will be times, um, if you didn't get together this this year, I mean, in years to come, there will be times where conversation will be available, you know, and you have the opportunity to just kind of gossip about family members to kind of talk about whatever kind of comes up. Um, but sometimes if it's just a one-on-one thing, you do have the opportunity to ask, you know, what's going on or to, to witness that something happened during Advent or to talk about what happened at mass or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't always have to be so overbearing, but, mm-hmm. and to come in with joy. I think that's the biggest thing Absolutely. like to set part of that praying for the Holy spirit is to, to try to, to offer that any kind of resentment that's on our heart or anger to the Lord so that you can really have a good time because joy is, um, it's infectious, and if if there's a spirit of joy, and it's why is this why why is this family member so joyful? Maybe because they're in a relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where their joy is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, that can I think be helpful too. 
And the joyful family member is going to rejoice in what they have and who they have around them. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be overly critical about everyone around them for what they're not. Yes. You know, the joyful person is going to say, praise God that we have a family member, that we could rejoice, that we can practice our faith in certain areas of the world where that's not even possible. Right. Praise God that I have a family to go to when so many of the poor and the homeless do not. Mm-hmm. Or the the political exile or the the migrant and the refugee who have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Praise God that I have family members who actually want to to dine with each other. We might not agree on everything, but we can share a meal mm-hmm. together and physically break bread with one another. Mm-hmm. As opposed to sitting back and, and criticizing everybody in the family for who they are not. Right. You know, this nephew, this niece, this aunt, this uncle, well, they don't have these qualities that I want, so therefore I reject them. Right. That's not the joyful response. Right. And that's not a that's not a certainly a, a spirit for the octave of Christmas. No, and that's the hard part can be when you have to kind of turn the other cheek when that's been done to you, mm-hmm. right? And when the the easy way out would be to just kind of reject those people. You've hurt me once, once, twice, three times before. Forget you forever. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to deal with you anymore. Um, rather to like the Lord in a certain way, not not turn the other cheek and and just kind of say, oh well, you can walk all over me, but say no, I'm going to actually respond in joy here. Because I have the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that, and and hope that somehow God can touch their heart in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of coming in with some, you know, <laughs> giving everybody Bibles or apologetics books for Christmas or something, a little heavy handed or something like that, which that might work sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just to like really celebrate and enjoy the time you're with with them, mm-hmm. um, even if it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, for all of those uh, listeners out there who might have just felt like this holiday was a little difficult, mm-hmm. obviously we're in a pandemic and that changes things. So if you felt a little outcast from your family because you couldn't travel, you couldn't see anybody, mm-hmm. you know, our hearts go out to you and know of our thoughts and prayers. But also for those of you who just feel an out, like you're an outcast because it's just been difficult to practice your faith among loved ones who do not, um, keep entering into that love. Mm-hmm. They're loved ones for a reason. You know, they're yeah. not they're not reject ones, they're mm. loved ones. Mm. So keep entering into that love for a reason and love them unto the Lord. Love lift them up in prayer and in your joyful witness of your faith, even if even if you don't feel like you're getting a lot of support, even if you don't feel like you get a lot of response, and if you feel completely isolated from loved ones and how you continue to practice the faith, the Lord is there. He came as a kind of an outcast, rejected family, or among an out, outcast and rejected family. Hmm. And we and we ask you to, to just stay with him and do not give up on the practice of your faith. Uh, we are in solidarity with you, and please know that there are so many other listeners who are in solidarity with you, mm-hmm. uh, seeking to, to keep that witness of the faith alive and keep the faith of their heart burning brightly. Right. And I do have to mention, I you know, because this is this is important, right? We had some faithful li- listeners from Boone County Catholic, uh, the parish cluster in, in Boone, Iowa, Boone County, rather. Uh, Deb and Megan, um, here, here's your shout out that you really wanted, um, that you, that you needed, really, that you were kind of forcing me to offer <laughs> when I chatted with you the other day. But yeah, these, these ladies, shout out to the, Boone, yeah, shout out to Boone. These ladies who work at the at the parish cluster there, um, yeah, they were just saying that kind of third piece of our podcast to feel an outcast within your families, and, and know that we'll continue to try to dig into that a little bit and talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that. While it's difficult, uh, the Lord has grace for that kind of experience of white martyrdom, martyrdom that comes with um, <laughs> offering yourself and kind of sacrifice. Uh, you, you know, we look to the martyrs who had so much courage in the face of so much difficulty and trial, and sometimes that's 
some of the biggest trials, getting back together with our families, especially those who, who don't believe what we believe, who don't practice what we practice, and who might look look down on us for that. But the same grace that the Lord gave to those those courageous men and women who've laid down their lives in the history of the church, um, he's got the same grace for each of us um, in whatever situation we're invited to kind of lay down our sacrifice and our struggle um, with him and, and receive his grace to do well. So keep persevering. Um, and and stay close to the Lord in this Christmas octave because he has so much grace to give us um, through his presence with us. Mm -hmm. Well said, Father. It's great to be with you during these uh, sacred days of Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and to all of our listeners. Blessings on your upcoming new year. And uh, may the presence of our Lord in his incarnation bring us many, many graces. God bless everybody. Merry Christmas. And to all, a good night or morning. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.